Yo, you know what to do. It's the Hip Hop Tick Tactics Show, live and direct. That's right. It's the most honorable one. Repping it lovely, always. Your boy Thrust. You know what it is. Let's go. Hip Hop Tick Tactics. Wednesdays on CFFF Trent Radio 92.7. Thursdays on MaximumFM.ca. Fridays on UrbanHypeRadio.com. Download the podcast at DoingTheMusic.com. Mr. Chiz, not chocolate or flow. I'm here with Hip Hop Tick Tactics. This your boy, Hassani Young. It's Lisa T. Hey, yo, it's the kid, Trinity Daniels. This is your bro, Danny O. And you know how it goes. If you want the real hip hop, keep it locked. The Hip Hop Tick Tactics. This is where hip-hop lives, baby. Yo, this is your boy, Cass. What's going on? It's your boy, Bishop Brigante, and right now you're tuned in to Hip Hop Tick Tactics. Yo, this is TJ Habibi from Secret Suburbia Studios. Hey, it's Kyle Coyote. Hey, this is Mocha Only, and you're checking out Hip Hop Tick Tactics. This is Leo Van. This is Ironic. This is DK. Yo, it's your boy, Rock Nitty. It's your boy, Fox Williams. Yo, this is the Dirty Doc. It's Teddy So Petty. This is Leandro. This is Flex Matthews, and I'm chilling out with Hip Hop Tick Tactics. If you don't know what Tick Tactic is, then you need to listen so you can find out if you got the Tick Tactics. Holler back. Peace. Hip-hop Tick Tacticians of the world. Padow. Holla. Thank you for tuning in this evening. Yeah. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks for coming out. Having a little listen, a look look a listen see here. We, uh, We had a great weekend musically. Yes, it was quite an explosive weekend. It was event-packed. Uh, Friday was Run the Region at uh, Whiskey John's in Oshawa. Very great event. Uh, put on by Rooks McCoy, CJ Promotions, featuring Empty Clips. Shizzy performed. A number of other artists performed. It was uh, it was a really good vibe in there and a pretty good turnout. Good stuff. Well, Jay, uh, didn't, uh, didn't the show, or more specifically you and the show, kind of get a little bit more involved in that... Uh that contest by the end of the performance yeah so the first and second place winners from run the region are going to have interviews on this show um not too sure when but uh first and second place winners are going to be on our show sweet there you go it's top of the pile do we know yet who the first and second place winners were uh no they've been announced but i uh i had a pretty busy weekend yep um so i didn't get a chance to check that out uh, I didn't stick around to the end when they were all tallied either. I I didn't DJ that event, so it was it was kind of nice to not have any responsibilities. So I I had a, a few pops. And he had a designated few wobbly driver. Pops. People. He had a designated driver, and he didn't have to DJ. That is a night out for tack. That's when you know you've made it. I was asked to speak on stage, but I decided not to. I decided I would misrepresent the show if that were to happen. Because <laughs> your wobbly pops. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'd been at it for a while. It's too bad you couldn't have a designated driver and a designated talker. For when you just wanted to have beers, you could just push your buddy and be, you know. Yeah, there you go. Um, then Saturday was uh, Summer Swag at the Atria in Oshawa. Mm-hmm. Really good turnout at that one. That's the kind of turnout that we need at, uh, at all of our shows. That's it. It was a good support of the local hip-hop scene. How was the sound, Jay? <laughs> Once the guy figured out where the power switch for the sub amps were, it was good. Oh, awesome. I, even after that, it was a mess. Like there was times where the mics weren't up, and he was nowhere to be found, and nobody knew what channels the mics were on. It's a big shit so, show, but, but we uh, got to figure other, it out. Otherwise, to the the disorganization of maybe some of the the situational stuff plugged into the board and all that. How was like the sound quality itself? Once everything was figured out, or when there wasn't any problems, it was good though. Oh yeah, yeah, it was all right. the The cable that they had me plugged in on um, had something wrong with it, where if it got moved the wrong way, it would cut out completely. So like we just basically and it was that a, no one stepped on it. And it did yeah, it was a, a mess of times. wires too, right? Like all the the mic cords were all wrapped in with those same cords okay, yeah. that were running the sound. So whenever anybody moved their mic or pulled their cord or whatever, it cut the sound out. Crossing streams. You can't cross streams. No. There was a risk of badness every time. Yeah. So we had to, uh, during one of the sets, we had to take a tenor. 
and get that situation fixed up. Untangle the situation. And we did it ourselves, not oh, yeah. with the help of the sound man. <laughs> that's well, right. That's good. No, no, but uh, you know what? The more that I'm I'm attending some of these shows and hearing about the feedback from people that do attend the shows, I'm starting to realize that the sound quality itself actually plays such a big part in in the show experience as well, as well as the performance of the artists, right? I think the sound guy is like a crucial part of these shows, well, especially for the fact that, like we talked about before, a lot of these MCs don't know how to, to talk into a mic. This is true. So it's really important for the sound guy to do his absolute best to keep it as... But it's but it's know, also the gear too, right? Outside of the, the yeah. sound guy himself. You can have an attentive sound engineer running the show but if you got a fucking behringer but if or if you got <laughs> or if you got half the stage monitors not working yeah yeah exactly. yeah that you know? was that was upstairs at the diesel room where the uh, equipment was not well downstairs it seemed to be pretty good except for the cable that they gave uh gave me to plug in okay well that's good no like i said i was just because because of how big of a part that sound quality does play whether it's because of the sound engineer or the gear itself it can make a break a show. Mm-hmm. Yep, for you sure. Know? And so I'm just glad to hear at least that was somewhat on point, minus the tangled up. Nope. Tic Tac to get his Tic Tactician had it all under control, bro. Solid gold. Yeah, we had a, a really good time there. The uh, the performers were good. Uh, Shizzy performed. Jurassic Darren performed. Courtesy performed. Jay Soul performed. He was really good. Yeah, he was. He I, was more of an R and B singer kind of guy, but he yeah. was he was really really good. Bringing in a little bit of a different element to the show. Yeah, which is like awesome. I mean, I don't think anybody is comparable. But uh, Tack mentioned once he was kind of like <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was uh, Luther Luther Vandross, mm-hmm. and uh, but skinny Luther, not fat Luther. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Because there's those are two very different people respect that yeah for sure but uh yeah and there was did you say j web j web holla yeah holla j web uh young smitty young smitty was the uh headliner i i'm always impressed with courtesy the last few times i've dj yeah me too um i i like djing for him for a couple reasons um he's he's fun to watch and also uh he gives you his files in an organized fashion thank you yes Oh, so he's he's organized. He was he was one of the first uh, first artists there, like just ready to go. That that's someone you know. You can tell those are the, the small details that a lot of artists might tend to overlook when you're when you're dealing with uh, a live performance and working with a DJ that you may not have worked with before, and them spinning your tracks and mixing for you. It's important, just like the sound quality. You got to be organized with your your DJ or your and your sound guy. You know, you gotta you gotta be organized. Yeah, and what was what was kind of nice too is that we finished maybe a half hour before the bar closed, so I got to play for a half hour, just whatever I wanted, really open format, and it was it was really fun to just play for for the people at the show. It didn't clear out right away. That was kind of nice, and there was, was on no, the ones and twos. Yeah, there was no uh, usually after these shows, especially when you. Uh, when you have a few extra minutes, there's a cipher after. Mm-hmm. There was no cipher after this one, but there was a dance circle, which was pretty cool. Right there was, Yeah, there was some people breaking like break, it down. Yeah. yeah, some break dancing inside the club too. So it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. And this was the atria, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty really cool. cool. It was Sounds really like good. A pretty night. lit local show, to be honest. Yeah. Someone else wanted to perform too. <laughs> are we going to segue from that? Or are we going to talk about it? So yeah, I. I, I have a DJ apprentice who, for the most part, intercepts idiots all night for me and does a great job, but uh, he's a slave to the nicotine, so occasionally <laughs> has to take a break. And it just happens, it's when this shit happens. So I get approached by these two guys that say, you know, our friends want to see us perform. And it's like, oh, okay, talk to the promoter, maybe you can get on the next show. No, like now. Well, what do you mean now? Well, there's nothing going on. You're just playing videos off YouTube or whatever. It's like, no, I'm mixing. Yeah. Oh, well, our, there's a lot of a lot of friends here that want to see us perform. Too bad. It's like... Well, then host a show. That's not how shows work. Well, what shows do you play? <laughs> All the ones you're not at. Yeah. So then yesterday, uh, we went to Bastard's Barbecue, 
And I, I said to my friends, I said, why don't we go? Do you guys want to see me DJ? Like, Yeah, I told her. I said, hey, we just rush, go. We should just rush the stage and say, yeah. like, we... My friends want to see me DJ. Move out of the way, scratch bastard. Yeah, bastard actually came out into the crowd too, so that would have been a perfect time to say, "Hey, I have like three friends here that want to see me DJ. If I can just, you know, Please you're not really doing anything yeah. right now. You're just, you know, playing music or whatever." Yeah, just get out of the way, please. So I told them to go play somewhere. I'm busy. <laughs> they asked Dad, me why Daddy's I was getting, busy. Don't mess with his chair. They asked me why I was getting defensive, and I said I had a job to do, and I had to get back to work. Thank you. And that's about as respectful and professional as you could have been, Jay. Because your your security slash apprentice slash partner um, was being a slave to Nikki. It was. Speaking of which, Logic has a song actually called that. I love you, Nikki. And it's all about that exact same situation where people in his crew or whatever, he'd be at a show and situations would happen and they would only happen because some of his crew was a slave to Nikki. Hmm. Darling we're not, Nikki. We're not going to mention any other names, though, about maybe who else might be a slave to Nikki. But. Uh, I think there's more than one person in this room. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And I'll give you guys a hint. It's not me. You want to rock, paper, scissors for that shit, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're going on a commercial break now. We're just running down for a smoke. We'll be right back. Uh, hang in there. <laughs> All right. It's Hip Hop Tactics. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, we are. That was refreshing. I feel so much better now. Uh, yeah, me too. So much more relaxed. Yeah, chilled. I don't. <laughs> I don't know the. I don't know the sweet satisfaction of nicotine no. the way you guys do. No, I can you hook don't. you up, Jay. I got a whole pack of dirt. No, it's okay. You should do it. All the cool kids That's are, it, are yeah. doing. I can't not, afford it. You're not cool if you don't. Oh pay yeah. Pants. You're not cool. If yeah, you don't, don't pay smoke pants. unless. Uh, I unless don't have the bank account to back that up. Neither do I. But me neither. You make it work. It worked for Jason. So yeah, this barbecue yesterday, off the the chain. I wasn't even gonna go originally. Remember when we were on the way down? I was pissing and moaning about the rain and wasn't feeling great. And but uh, yeah, you asked me if I'd be upset if you didn't go. Like yeah, and then you started crying and stuff. And I was no, like, I was like, right. well, geez, my wife's coming with me. V's meeting me. I'm gonna get to see Pete Rock and Smith and Wesson. It's kind of your loss, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm so... Tell them why you're glad you came. Oh, it was ridiculous. Redonkadonk? Oh, yeah. We got there. There wasn't a lot of people when we first got there later okay. in the afternoon. Um, well, because it was, yeah, it was kind of overcast. It was, yeah. And I, an outdoor thing, right? I so. think a lot of people were waiting for it to kind of uh, to clear up. Mm-hmm. And as we were on the train on the way down there, we were literally driving into a beautiful day on the train. Like, Mint. Yeah, as we were going, like, you'd look out one side of the window and it was blue skies and, you know, barely a cloud in the sky. And then you look out the other window and it was dark and gray and overcast. So it was kind of <laughs> sketchy. Really but, poopy uh, weather, yeah. Yeah, we got Pretty down clear. there. Great time. Great food. Um, when everything started... Uh, Scratch Bastard was just off the chain. He was ridiculous. The end of the night, though, was uh, like Pete Rock came out and did his thing as Pete Rock always does. We're listening to Pete Rock in the background right now, by the way. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, uh, Chuck Lear steps out on stage. Okay. And starts doing his thing. Sweet. And then just when you thought it was over, um, Cardi. Cardinal. Mr. Official. Yes, sir. Nice, nice. Came out and did his thing for a few songs. It was... Old time killing. Yeah. And, yeah, he did that one. Nice. And uh, and Lindo P was a pretty ridiculous hype man. Too. Oh, he was crazy. Lindo was off the chain with his hype. He got everybody's going. And uh, when they did the reggae vibe, yeah, the, the reggae bit was, was awesome. Sweet. Um, Smith & Wesson performed... That was pretty good too. Yeah. I missed Smith and Wesson. I liked their uh, tribute to the fallen, uh, fallen hip hoppers, especially yeah. uh, the the bit about Sean Price. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Bucktown a couple times. Run it back. Well, that was their jam, right? So. Yeah. But paying yeah, some, all paying in, some homage. Yeah, all in all, it was a uh, it was a fantastic day. I'm so glad I went. 
I am going to be posting some videos. I'm sorry for the uh, for the shoddy work on the video, but it's really hard to take good solid videos when you're just like jamming. Well, that and the entire bleacher from what you guys were telling me, the entire bleacher you guys were on was as if you were doing white wa white well, water rafting. That part was okay, but it's like I'm like when Chalks came out and nobody was expecting it, mm -hmm. and uh, when he came out and I was trying to get some video for the page. Um, it's just it's just hard not to jam along well, lucky. to Chocolare and then Cardi came out and it's like I'm trying to get more video and it, like I can't I can't stop my body from moving. Well lucky for you, Jason had brought along his own personal videographer yeah. and managed to capture some pretty you know, given the circumstance, decent footage. Yes. Yeah, I did get some good footage from the show uh, of of some performances. Shocklair, Cardi, Pete Rock. I love well, this beat too. The audio, um, yeah, the audio and the video are both respectable quality. Maybe we'll get to hear something, Jay. Maybe, but we've got a thrust interview as well that uh, that we've got to get into. That's uh, going to take up the remainder of the show, probably. Fair yeah. enough. Well, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But, well, then stay uh, yeah, tuned the, to doing the music. The uh, Bastard's Barbecue was so fun. It was super fun. So many fun. Yeah. Is, that, is that where you'll be posting that uh, footage, Jay, if you do post it? Whether it's on the doing the music page or uh, the website itself? I won't do it on the website. I'll do it on the Instagram probably. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll put some up on the Instagram page, get some up on the uh, OptiPrison page, so check it all out. Check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Check, check it, it out. out. Let's get into this interview, Jay. All right, here's Thrust. Another Hip Hop Tic Tactics exclusive. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this interview. It's uh, it's an honor for us, actually. Like uh, I, I grew up listening to your stuff, and uh, I'm I'm very appreciative that uh, that you take the time to talk to us tonight. So thank you. Oh no, thank you, man. Hip hop's a hip hop is a reciprocal community base base music, man. And especially when it comes to radio, I got roots in college radio. So anybody doing radio, I know where you guys are coming from. So, you know, and that's where we all started. So we have to do this, man. So it's a pleasure, man. This is the best calls you get to do these interviews. At least for me, it is. So thank you too, guys. Of course, of course. So uh, yeah, talking about where we all started. Uh, where did it all start for Thrust? Where did you grow up? I grew up right like. Key to my whole career was I grew up right downtown. I grew up right, like right in the annex, right in a nice, nice, nice street, Walmart Road, close to like Casa Loma, mm. right by Dupont Station. So I grew up right there. I was born kind of like, in, you know, in the east, in the west end. Then I went to the east, and I settled in there till I was about twenty. So yeah, I was a downtown. I'm a downtown kid. Like, <laughs> age four, man. Age two, four, like the four and on. Dot blood. Yep. That's so, why I was able to go all the parties really, everything. It kind of worked out really in my favor. Because all the hip hop parties was like downtown. So it was actually perfect for me. Nice. At Tracks. Tracks used to be uh right on Young Street, just below Wellesley. And then there was Carnival Records, which is upstairs. Carnival Records is kinda around where Plady played a record was. Those were the first two record spots. And that they were there from like nineteen eighty. 485. You can get hip hop in Toronto, like all the records here from 8045. Everything. We were just like New York. We had like Toronto's always an active scene. So a lot of people plugged in later and then they were like adding all these spots, but it was just as active. Our scene was more lively in the 80s than it is even now. Because if you look at it, 89 when West, when Maestro came out, we had like seven artists signed internationally. Right now we only have one. Or two, maybe, or hip hop. Like hip hop, we got like what two? Right. Mm. So I guess that prompts a question. So we had Dream Warriors. We have Maestro. We have Rumble and Strong. We had Mishy Me. There's a group called Crush and Scad. They had a deal. There was I could tell you there was like eight deals. I, and this is Island Records, Fourth and Broadway, G Street. Like our scene was popping in the '80s like crazy. When what Maestro came out. A lot of people know Maestro. Maestro's the man, and he was waving flags, and it was dope. But my, there was a lot of other people, man, busted too. 
mm-hmm. in different areas. Like Dream Warriors almost sold a million records that year just in Europe. Go check the facts, actual facts. That's how big the Dream Warriors are. You hear that name, Dream Warriors. They were huge. Absolutely. They were bigger than like, yeah. So when I was like, that's when I was like 15. You know what I'm saying? I'm in my late 40s now. So I was fi- I was going to say 50. So I was actually like around them and running around and stuff. And then my man K Cut from Main Source, I was run- I'm one of his best friends. So when he was doing all that in New York, so I've been in New York my whole life too, just so you guys know too, back and forth. So my hip hop foundation is a little different because I actually seen it, watched it grow, and then became a part of it and still am actively part of it. So it's really, really like kind of mind boggling for me myself, even thinking about it every day, to be honest, but it's very humbling. But yeah, so that's really like, it's when I synopsize the question in a sense, because that's really what it was. Like it was really, you had to go to the concert hall and then the record stores was the ones I mentioned. And then after that, Playdy came into play and, and Eugene's my man. Eugene had such an important role, not belittling any of the other places, don't get me wrong. Sonic Boom, all the spots, do not take me wrong. But even they know, before them, there was somebody to pass the torch, right? And those other stores were just, were, were booming, full of it. Toronto's had an active scene, like, since probably like 78, 77, before even I was going out, just so you guys know. Parties in the park, just like you see in all those New York videos, all that stuff, because we have the same population like New York. We have that Caribbean influx. We have more of it, it's more authentic even. So that whole culture of sound systems, outside, parties in the park, playing music, we have that ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of, and then the culture of hip hop came here because people like me, Force, West, Ron Nelson, Ivan Bay, all of us, we're the people that always were traveling back and forth to New York City. You know See? what I mean? And so we caught hip hop there. So we just got family there because there's a huge Caribbean community there too, like in Toronto. So you go to visit your aunt, you go to visit your uncle. That's how I met my hip hop. I didn't meet hip hop in Toronto at all. I met it authentically in New York City since I was like a kid. So you, you must have got a you must have got a pretty good uh, like influence of both like you know the New York hip hop scene and then the the T dot scene. Like did you did you work that into to your tunes and when you were putting together your stuff? Yeah, I had the balance. I had absolute balance. I'm comfortable in New York just like in Toronto. You understand what I mean? Yeah, it's like, a tough I know, scene I've in New York, I've been going to New too, York right? before hip-hop started, right? So I know the 70s, like you guys see, I've been going to New York since, like, the Afros, the black exploitation films. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? People selling watches, walking down 52nd Street. Shaft. What about watches? You know what I mean? Like, I know that, like, instinctively. It's not even foreign. Yeah. So from my, that's what I'm saying. But that's the same thing. That's what you guys understand. That anyone that birthed the scene here and pioneered it here, we all had that in common. And we would just visit our family. Like, it wasn't because we went to find hip-hop or some weird corny yeah, shit yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We just would visit our family, and that's what was happening there. So I kept bringing the tapes. I still got all the tapes. Everyone know me. I, I brought back so much so much foundation songs for people to hear up here first. Like, it's crazy. I brought tri- me and Xbox Tribe back up here. Tribe Called Quest. This is an example of a huge group. You have a machine to play these tapes on? We're the first ones to bring it. And people didn't know. Tribe Called Who? People was laughing. We first, what? LL Coogee. I remember about LL Coogee. People's laughing at me in high school, grade nine. LL Coogee. This guy's gonna be huge. Who's laughing LL now, who? yo? LL who? What? <laughs> <laughs> I learned to rhyme on LL's records, man. Shit. I learned to rhyme on Cookie Puss, LL Coogee, and and some Houdini, like just so you know. But anyways, yeah. Beastie Boys get some credit. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because that record had like an instrumental at the end. It was my song, Five Minutes of Funk. Nice. You listen to the rapper Jalil way back, you gotta know your hip hop and you kinda hear a thrust influence actually. I kinda rap like that. And so does a lot of rappers. Like Biggie kinda had that thing too, that clarity. Mm-hmm. They had that nice clarity but dope flow kind of shit. Anyways, but that's a side note. But yeah, so that's just like the foundation of the stuff. So we were just going back and forth and then we 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 had our own culture. We had a lot of it easy too, because remember the backdrop obviously is is reggae music and you know we don't detain anybody up here and anybody in this interview anybody listening how strong our dance hall record community is so once we realized we had the roots the foundation right the rest is history you know what i mean definitely speaking of which the rest i'm really actually uh enjoying this little trip back in toronto hip-hop you know history it's it's really because i'm I'm not as well versed as some of the other people in the room right now uh, about the the origins and the birth and the development of hip-hop in toronto and and I'm learning so much right now, bro. So thank you very much. 
Oh, thanks. And it's good to talk about because a lot of people can't talk about it. You got to be like, honestly, if you're not like probably like 42 and older, you can't even talk about it. Exactly. (laughs) No, it's true. People try to talk about it, but you have to be there. How could you talk about what I'm telling you if you did not see it? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever seen me do an interview? Anybody rebuke what I said? No, because I'm telling the truth. And there's a thousand other people. It was a small clique. Like hip hop, we were the outcasts in Toronto, dude. Like people don't understand. We were the outcasts in Toronto to a level where even our own community was looking at us like hip hop. What the fuck is that shit? Like the R&B clubs, all that shit. Everybody to R&B at the clubs mesh now. It was separate before, man. And so what girls wouldn't talk to you if they was into R&B. You know what I mean? If you were Janet Jackson girl, you whatever kind of girl, whatever's hot at that time, and I'm and I'm into my hip hop, you're not gonna talk to me, dude. Yeah, like, unless you like boys, unless like, you like boys to men on a mic, they don't want to talk right? to you. Yeah, our own community just coming, even parties, getting in, dress codes. Remember all that stuff. That's where it all started. So we was the outcast, and then, and then hip hop became the biggest thing in the world. Everybody jumped back. I see people jump back and forth. Over the fence. It's like how I look at the trap thing now. It's like people jumping back and they want to diss authentic hip hop and this oh it's not that. I seen this. I seen hip house. I seen all these other trends come and go five, six, seven years, then it come back to everything always come back to hip hop. Mm-hmm. I got you my fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, no, everything always comes back to hip hop. Because it's the that's the, the the foundation never goes. It's like if you look at reggae music, you look at rock music, you look at every form of music, the foundation part of the music never disappears. People always will go off on a tangent and it's good to experiment. The problem with the experiments now is shit, we got a million Migos running around. There's just one Migos, it wouldn't bother nobody. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Speaking of which, See, we came rest- from the era where there's only one. So the one is good and I got one too short. I'm good. I don't want I do not want to hear one other person even sounding close to it. Preach. Thank you. Well mm-hmm. I, okay. I I But it's a generational thing. I'm not mad at the generation. Just the next generation is not in that mindset. Mm-hmm. And it was like maybe a bridge. But the culture of hip hop supposed to keep preserve that and push that so the music keeps pushing and changing and growing and not being stagnant. Because we even criticized our greatest ones we love from the album before even harder. Like if Big Daddy Kane was one of the dopest rhymes ever, but when he came out with what is it, the Prince of Darkness, everybody was like, Nah, Kane. Nah, Kane, you get coming out in a robe and stuff and <laughs> out of the bathtub and stuff and, and you show like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, nah, we accepted that. But if you come back in the next album, you correct yourself, then we're like, all right, Kane, that's it. Or LL Cool J is the best example. He keeps coming up. He went through so many ups and downs and changes, but when he came proper, it's like, all right, now you're back. It was like policed. But we, but that's the problem now. So it's just, it's, it's making the music like every other form of music. Because that was, hip hop was the only music. The reason we love it, I think, in my view, is because it was so authentic in so many ways. But then it's, it lost the authenticity. I was, watch the language. I was just going to say, lost, man. Dude. That there's a the hip hop. One thing hip hop was was huge for, and I think we've talked about this before. You don't hear a whole lot of cover songs done for hip hop. You know what I mean? And I think it's because with hip hop, there's such an individuality to the music that you put out and the songs that you write and create. Whereas now, like you were saying, man, there's a million migos. There's a the individuality in hip hop. I think has been lost, and that's why everything just seems so much the same across the board now. Yeah, well, it is. And you know what? It's not the listeners. It's everybody's fault, like, on a whole. It's the people that it's the heads for. It's, I, you know, I blame more than anybody. And I think it's not even, I think it's labels on purpose. Straight up. I think it was actually done on purpose. Yep. I actually 100% believe Mm -hmm. it's not even going to happen like that. Because why are they only signing this and putting that out? Where's the talent development? Where's this thing that was happening before? It's like, all of a sudden, boom. Like well, that's all the talent that's out there in the world, really, man. Yeah, why but you, now they're just worried about region. making money, why, right? It's why what you sells. only signing from one region? They only signed it from one region. Why you only sign it from one area? Like it's just—it's interesting if you really study it from far back. But the bottom line is, man, you can't hold back. What's supposed to rise will always rise, man. The cream will always rise to the top at the end of the day, and good music will always come out. So I just tell people, don't even get caught down in the negativity of it. It's just the truth of what it is, and just put out good music. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? Because that will always, always, always resonate, and it might take longer to catch, but you'll catch it no matter what. I never heard a good song that never caught, dude. Have you? 
Speaking of songs that catch, um, I owe you another thank you. Um, I saw your post on Instagram today, and I immediately went to Google Play, and I was listening to Theo 3 the entire afternoon. Oh, it feels dope, man. Like, so good. Yeah, man, this city feel better off forever. There's so much talent in the city, dude. You just have to There's look so for it. City, yeah, but that's hip-hop. You have to look for it. People got lazy. Hip-hop's not a lazy music. It's an active, living culture. You have to go out and suss it out. You have to want to be the one to go and search and try and find the shoes that nobody in Toronto is going to have. You're going to have that one hat when you go and no one has. You got to go find that one song that nobody heard. That's If you look at my Instagram, that's my Instagram. It's all about I'm trying to show people that. I only put out some fly, cool cool stuff and if those listening don't know to go to thrust picks and it has not about me it's just about the cool the culture like the, i'm trying to make it like that i'm not killing you with like crazy like volume but just cool slick stuff man you just know what i mean it real finding the coolest like being the coolest you don't have to be the like even being a rapper you're supposed to be the coolest dude you know what i said yeah, yeah you know cool be the coolest dude no matter what you're Yo, and if you were the gangster rapper, you the pimp rapper, you the conscious rapper, you the ego rapper, you the girl getter, no matter what your thing is, you're supposed to be the coolest person in the room. <laughs> like, it's, it's all about being slick and cool and doing what no one else is doing. As I said, so many people to hip-hop, they don't understand. That's what the energy of hip-hop is. It's about, like, I even call my friends. If I know two of them got the same shirt I have, are we going to go? I'm not in the problem. I'm calm. Like, I'm calm. Like, I'm not a girl. Sorry not to stereotype. But, you know, that's the story that people will believe. But we like that as fellas. Like, we're like, yo, are you wearing those shoes? Are you going to wear that shirt? I'm wearing it tonight. I have a feeling. You get what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Even in my friends. That's how we are. But that's the hip-hop culture. That's what they want. And that's how everybody should be trying to be if you want to be part of this hip-hop, hip-hop culture. As a DJ, as a... You guys, as a radio show, what you present is totally different probably than everybody else. That's what you're trying to do. That's it. I think, yeah, I think so, Ludacris, Ludacris has a, a lyric that talks about having, because uh, they're they're the, the arriving late at the club and the time and their clothes have to coordinate. So I, in that being said, even even back 15 years ago, that's what it was all about. Being dude, look at the pictures from back in the day. Yeah. I'm telling you, look how we always dress. Hip hop is about it's 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 the way you look, the way rap, it's the way you talk, it's the way you express you your words. It's about expression. It's all expression. expression. So your expression. So if your expression is gonna be fly, the only way you're gonna be fly. The only way. You know why people like me? Because I'm a unique rapper. You will never find another rapper that sound like me. Because people say people even say, "Oh, Thrust, you sound like Biggie," and I go, "No, Biggie sound like me." <laughs> Thrust, I'm not gonna and lie. Those words came out of my mouth. Since '89, '88, way before Biggie out, man. I've been recorded. Million times on Rap City, rapping with the same tone, the same. I'm recording. I've been on record since '91, so no, I've been out before Biggie. So Biggie sound like me. You just, you just caught up to me at a different time or some shit. Mm. Well done. You understand well what I'm saying? Yeah. Not Talk that about he heard it. Me sound, not that he heard me and sound like me. I'm not saying he copied me. Don't get it twisted. I know people say, oh, people say that. No, but I've been out with this style, this voice, this presentation, this influence in the community. You know what I mean? I've had groups since 89. People know me from 95 as drugs. I had like big rap groups too before this. Big groups, big like ghetto concert. You know what I mean? I had KGB, huge. Huge. Mm. He was on boardroom tables in Electra. That's why I met Pete Rock and CL Smooth. We had, I had deals on the table. So I've been in stuff before Thrust. So I just went solo from 96. So that's what most people, so it's like everything always come around as relative. So, but it's like that freshness, that flyness and presenting yourself so you never outdated and you always stand out. So let's be your authentic self and then try and just everybody going right. It's like that Costanza stuff from Seinfeld when he when he just said, I'm gonna do the opposite. I love that one. I don't know if y'all see watch that show, but yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? How do y'all remember that one? He got he just said, I'm I'm thinking left, I'm gonna go right. That's real hip hop. We're not trying to that's corny. It's corny and everybody wearing the same sneakers and the same shirt, dude. It's corny when you buy a Nike outfit and you got a Nike hat on, a Nike shirt, a Nike top, a Nike shoes, a Nike socks, and then that's corny. It is. Unless you're running in a Nike commercial. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's even corny. That's even more corny than that. They don't do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the Nike commercial. Yeah. They don't even do that. They, you they have their the one shirt on clean and it's subtle because they know too. Look at Polo. Even if you look at the mark, they don't dress like that either. They know too. 
But people try to like over label and over like nah dude. I could go spend twenty dollars at Joe Fresh and look better than people spending three hundred dollars. I'll put a contest. I bet you I'd slam it. Give me thirty dollars and I'll give you two fifty. You two fifty, three hundred even. I will look better than you because I'm hip hop. Because I'm hip hop. I know how to put it together, my brother. That was nice. <laughs> that was and we all do too. We all in the same room. All the hip hop people with me. Y'all the same. That's what we got. That's true. Salute. So we have yeah. a we have a question that we always uh, we always ask on this show, and with your your knowledge and your history and your experience and background, it's going to be a very interesting answer. But what was okay. the very first album that you bought with your own money? The first album. I think I told you one. The first album was two that I bought at once, and it wasn't in Toronto. It was in it was in Fulton Mall in brooklyn and i was like 14 or 15 years old and i went into this record store called the music factory which is one of the most popular like stores it was like rock and soul it was like music factory in new york city two stores i walked by myself first time it was the scariest walk from my aunt's house yeah big man. i'll never forget that day no i had money my parents trusted me because i was always in new york all the time but then you know to be a teenager with money and you realize more of what you're walking around yeah because now you're 15 you're not 8 or 12 you're like you understand people could actually take your money yeah. and all this stuff <laughs> so i walk around areas like dude like around jay-z's area all those projects you hear those records dude i had to walk by them sort of I'm not even lying when I tell you this, dude. That's why when I walk Toronto, I know I'm good. Cause Toronto's nice, dude. And trust me, Toronto, real nice people. As much problems we have in downtown and all this craziness, just cause it's hot, Toronto nice. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I did sure. the walk and I bought the Fat Boys. The Fat album. Boys. Nice. And, yeah. That's and I wicked. That, and I bought that Houdini. That Houdini album. Ooh. And that's and then I went home and that's how I learned to rhyme on both of those records in my house because they had like those songs. The reason I got those albums where I was kind of smart when I was small, those albums on the vinyl, I had those little, my, mother, my mom always played records in my house. So it was always record players in the house. My parents always had vinyl. So we always had the Al Greens, all the vinyls in the house. So I was lucky too with that. But uh, those records, I was smart because all those songs at the end had extended, they had extended songs. Like those back in the days, like five minutes points. of funk is like a 12 minute song. Yeah. But they rap for like, they rap for like seven minutes or six minutes on it. So there's an actual extended instrumental at the end. And same with that Fat Boys album. At the end of all those songs on the vinyl, it was another like four or five minutes. And that's what I learned to rhyme on. Because I just keep going after they stop rhyming. I, I just keep rhyming. I just knew how to rhyme. And that group is one of, is is really what made me love and appreciate the art of beatboxing. It was the like it was one of the first times I had heard it done with mastery. Like well, that group they were like put together was a gimmick, but it was like well produced. Yeah. Even in the era when it was out, people knew all the fat boys was kind of funny. They had all those kind of groups like at that time, those little gimmicky kind of groups, and people knew what it was. But the production of it was crazy. That's why it blew up. I mean, if you listen to it right now, man, oh my goodness, this is the Jailhouse Rock. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You want some stuff to cover? Like, go back and check out the fat boys, dude. I think I still got a fat boys somewhere. They set the way for like Biggie in a lot of ways. It's weird if you look at it. So Natalie, aka Alicia T, is in the room and she's got a question for you. I sure do. All right, cool. How you doing? First of all, good. Thanks. Great, actually. (laughs) Beautiful. So just, I just want to say this one thing. Um, I'm from the East Coast and uh, grew up in a little fisherman town. And didn't really have much music to go to other than rock, <laughs> blues, things like that. And nothing wrong with that. So when much music finally came into my household, <laughs> um, Video Fact was my shit. And that's when I first yeah. saw you. I saw the video for Rage. So my yeah. question to you is, what was the inspiration for the lyrics behind that song? Um, That's funny you asked that. Uh, and you said video fact. That was probably one of the first rap videos to get video fact, actual facts, probably one of the very first ones. And that song actually is a real story. That song is about uh, this art, this guy named Bill Facey. He was known in Toronto, like infamous in Toronto, in the hip hop community in Toronto, really well known. Um, he used to run with like that whole crew that was with the Dream Warriors and them. A lot. He was from Finch. 
So uh, the Finch crew is very infamous as far as hip hop goes in the cities from dancing to the whole the whole culture. So people, a lot of people knew him from that. And yeah, so I basically came in the game with him, and he was the one actually really crafted me as an MC. And but he was caught up between the streets, the street life, and music. And the crew I used to run with was real. Like a lot of people talk about this. A lot of people. I don't really go on to brag about this, but the crew I was running with in the '80s, '90s, they were the ones that brought the, they brought the drugs, they brought the guns, or they were the artists. I was very so I was like in a real like yeah I could have been in, I could have been incarcerated, dead, shot, killed before I was twenty very easily, but I just went the artistic way. I had a gift, and I start I was able to start young enough. So he was one of those people. And he actually signed the Tommy Boy. Y'all know Tommy Boy, the infamous label. Mm-hmm. The same day he got killed, he got murdered in New York at like two in the afternoon in a shootout. Oh wow! Just so you, yeah, right in Bed Stuy. I was talking about. I used to walk those streets of Brooklyn, and my friends used to always be in New York, the Toronto's we were talking about earlier, just to show you how real it was and what I'm really telling you guys. That that was like my circle of friends. So it's, it's kind of messed up, but my friends are the ones. I'll, t- I'll just put it out there. We get my friends are the ones that brought crack here. I knew about crack and all that stuff before anybody. I could have been a crack dealer very easily. Had lots of money in my hands. My friends were the ones striving, like just like you see in New York and, and, and like you know you see New Jack City. Yeah. My friends was living. My friends was living New Jack City in Toronto. They were the ones. The same thing. The rings, the cars, the Benzes, the BMWs, the rag tops, the Gucci chains, the MCM. They had all of that. So it was very tempting, trust me. I, I got tempted a few times, but I never went that route. So he was one of those people, man. So I just had to dedicate that song to him because he was like a real good friend of mine. He actually, the uh, week before he died, he actually came to me and he was like, it's too late, it's too late. It was crazy, man. And then like one week later, right? I remember we were just closing the Fresh Arts program and that was the day he passed on. So it was kind of, it was real. But yeah, so I just dedicated that song to him. And, you know, a lot of people just feel that song. I think people feel that song because it's actually a real, real, the whole story is real deal, holy shit. Yeah, that song was really deep to me back then. And when I look back and listen to the song and watch the video again, and you have such a message in it, right? And I find that lately we're we're losing out on the message in hip hop, you know? And um, I really, really enjoyed that song. So thank you very much for that. Oh, thank you. And it's more that I got new messages coming on my new EP, Shameless Plug. So don't worry, it's coming back. But yeah, it is messed. A lot of that is missing, man. Those kind of songs or the dance kind of songs or the or just the like the Humpty Hump kind of songs or just you know, that's oh, that's that's what we're for it. Huh? I was hoping Pardon? you were going to say something like that, man. Really, I really was. <laughs> no, but that's what's missing in the music and everybody can easily do it. And the funny thing about it is I think people are starting to break out of it slowly. I'm hearing stuff, but the minute people start doing it, that's you're gonna win. You're just gonna win because nobody else is doing it. It's that's why I look at the music game right now. It's like people should be really excited because it's easy and cheap to do it. You can just sit at home. Your Mac comes with everything to do everything. USB mic, and then you can like it's like wide open because everybody's just doing the same thing pretty much. So it's pretty cool to me, from my perspective. But that's if you know music, right? Yeah, that's true. It has come a long way. I mean, back then. In the 90s, it would be very difficult to get your hands on a Mac that would have GarageBand fully loaded for you. And now, it's back so easy. Then, you can have it on an iPod, for goodness sakes, and just walk around and create music as you go. You can have then, it on your phone now. They then, have beat machines on your Android and iPhones, man. Like, Yeah, dude. Everything is easy now. It's so easy. That's a recording. is easy. So it's and it's cheap. We were spending money. Dude, look at my records, Phase One Studios. Look at the back of my Blueprint records. All that stuff's for Phase One. So who else records in Phase One? The Rolling Stones. That's their favorite studio. We was in there. They had the new. So all the the the, the you know for me the socks, the Cardi, to shocks, to to Citizen Kane, to whoever Daniel, whoever you want to mention. We're all into. We're all connected, anyways. The whole community. Um, but uh, yeah, we all put in a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of a lot of stuff into it. But it came around then. Don't get it twisted. We was making money too on the records too back then. So, see the ease of access nowadays. I find a bit of a double edged sword because you know we were talking about having to to sift through some of the shit in order to find the good hip hop. That's one of the downfalls of it. Is anybody with a mic and a Mac can plug in and just start inundating you know the circuit with with 
tunes and tracks and beats yeah, and stuff like that with another Migos. But at the same time, you know, some of the really good artists that might not mm-hmm. have the availabilities of you know being able to go to a studio or something like that, they have that ability now to be able to plug in and drop some tracks. So that when we're sifting through all the bullshit Migos and stuff like that, we come across the gems, you know? Yeah, and, and I think people was looking for the wrong place, like, for, to find the gems, too. Like, people's, I mean, people like, oh, my song can't get on flow. I'm like, dude, you're not flow material. Oh, why would flow even put you on there? Like, people's perspectives in Canada, like, we kind of got the game backwards. Not kind of, we got the game backwards. Not even kind of, fuck the bullshit. We got the game backwards. You understand what I mean? Like, and that's really what, that's the problem is. And we come from a country that other than like Quebec, that's why Quebec is dope because Quebec for their arts and their anything in the arts they push, like that's part of, they realize that's their wealth and they put their money and they push and they invest. And that's why their TV program and all that stuff. I know about their, even their music scene, it's crazy. You got artists there, like even in the eighties, like this group Dubmatic. You guys know what Dubmatic? Dubmatic, look them up. Yeah. Look at those guys with the records those were selling back in the day. I know about all that stuff. Like, I keep my eye on everything. It's because they have that culture, and then the community knows what's important in the culture, and then it goes on out. But we're at Toronto is in a funny place, and it's just coming out of the haze kind of now. And even if you look at how they treat Drake now, it's like people still don't get it. Like, I just look around and shake my head so y'all don't get it, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, people blame respect, you. They don't understand it. And you can't hate on that. Like you can hate on. You don't have to like it, man. But you gotta like what it's doing. Yep. It's clearing room for you to do whatever you want to do. Because now all you gotta say is you from here, and everybody will pay attention. So why has everybody got a problem, man? Like if you're so talented and he's so whack, then why don't you go and surpass him? Then it's easy. Sit at home and do it for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's easy to talk about. I love it, that but... say. Shut up or put up. Like, yeah, no, it's to, easy. Uh-huh. It's easy to talk about it, man. But it's a lot harder to find the time and get to the studio and get the lyrics right and no, get you it don't into gotta the go to the studio. You ain't gotta go to the studio. You just do it right in your phone. I can record everything in this phone. I, I can do my my pocket too. I can do my video. I can do everything, dude. I had to spend hundreds of dollars, dude. I'm a studio owner. You're killing me, man. If I put the amount of money I put into to music, I got it back. Don't get me wrong, and I made problems, but. Out the gate for me to launch my career. Look at all of us. Like, if you look at us from the 90s, going back to like just talking about shit, like all of us were independent labels. That was all our money. My, it was my own money, dude. Wow. Like, I started my own label, just like Jay Z. Like, all of us did. And we went and we went to New York and we, we got our distribution in LA and we got distribution in Europe. We went to Groove Attack. Like, we went and did all this from little old Toronto, dude. So it's like, I did all of that and a bunch of other people did all that and we didn't have these tools just to. To, to, to snap a finger and you around the world like what's your excuse that's where i look at it yeah it's like people are late dude we're lazy up here dude I, i'm gonna call it a lot of artists a lot of people up here they're so talented but they're lazy as lazy could be dude <laughs> well, you're right man cause... that's why vancouver i always work with vancouver artists and american artists if you notice you know why i work with them and they're my friends those are my real friends in the industry just so you guys know rascals is my friends dude Mm-hmm. Like, forget about music Checkmate That's my boy Cause like, like Those are my friends Over 20 years dude Whether oh, I got Luca. a song Or not I got I'm work, I got a group T to the D It's actually launching tomorrow Me and Dan Carr From Frank and Dan Jay Dilla Official You know what I'm saying Like Frank yeah. and Dan That's launching too That's been a plan in seven Those are my friends Because people here In Toronto We so talented But we got a, We got a, We got a bad We got a bad mind state dude you really do and it's infectious that's why people don't even see me dude like you see me at shows that's it you ain't seen me the last 10 years in toronto dude i don't want to catch it dude that's why i stay you see i'm smiling you can feel my good energy because we don't get it and then you get caught up in this mindset and then it just becomes incestuous drake was here with the same stuff trying to do it for three years you know the same stuff that got him launched you know Hmm. he was running around here running around running around it almost never happened for him dude so that's like that was the last sign I seen. Like I've seen it a million times, but I was like, "Yep, you see, look, even him too, even right now." So it's not about my generation. It's about like a, a mind state in the city. We need to like eradicate. We need to be progressive, man. Definitely. And learn what be. 100%. What that's it pretty is. much where I was actually going to lead into this next question. I, you know, like what personal advice would you give to an up and coming or, or, or whatever? Um, 
to continue to pursue themselves within this career? What would you tell them? I just tell them like what we just talked about, man. That's like just go for it, dude. Like go for it. Look at the people that made it and look where they come from, dude. They come from anywhere and everywhere. It's not about that. Like if you got talent, you just gotta know you got talent. I always knew I had talent from age 15. I knew it. I was like, I don't know how I think it was because I was in the States a lot. Of course, I had this this will about me, but I was always just like, fuck you guys, man. <laughs> like, I'm doing this. Like, no, we had to have that attitude. We would have done shit. Dude, people was laughing, clowning, rapper, Toronto. <laughs> you know what I mean? They was really laughing and clowning hard. They was even laughing at hip hop. So forget about even being a rapper doing hip hop. So it wasn't it wasn't sexy like it is sexy in the last 15 years. You know what I mean? Right. So, so yeah. So it's like, you just got to know it. Mary J. Blige says it. And the other thing is you got to be able to know who's got your back and who's not and be, be able to be alone. Like... Mary G. Blige said it, and I quote it like a million times, stay away from the dream killers. You know what I, I mean? Like that. dream killers are the worst, man. Those people are the worst. Anyone that doubt when you can't do something, when you're saying you're going to do it, you don't need to be around that person. Or anybody even that they're saying they got your back, but the energy feel funny, that's not a good vibration. Yeah. Uh, it's the people, yeah. people saying stuff. If you don't feel elated when you're talking to somebody and they start saying something good to you, that person got bad energy for you the I, words is just air the words is a, just air so, i have a you know saying I mean? that i always that i always use in, re, in respects to that people who say that it can't be done are often surpassed by people doing it amen yep yep but my ex my ex-wife i give her a prize i was married for a minute not no more but she gave me this one too she goes she goes uh you can't you can't be a leader or you can't lead and look behind to see who's following you a true leader just walks the path. You just gotta walk the path, man. Yeah. Let them follow. Beautiful. You just go. Yeah. It's it's the pot and if you want to put it to music, it's almost like that Pied Piper shit when you remember the nursery rhymes. Yeah. He just played that man just played the flute and everybody just came behind him, man. He just he just kept marching. Bam, bam. He's just playing his music. That's what you gotta do. Yeah, you gotta do your but you gotta be go authentic on. to stand out. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna stand out unless you're doing something that's a little bit different, man. You got to bring some a contribution to the game to get noticed. That's, you can work as hard as you want, as far as I believe, but unless you bring in a contribution, some angle or some perspective that's not... doesn't even have to be new. New could just be something from 10 years ago that nobody's doing now. That's new. But you got to bring something. You know, and that's the way you'll stand out. Like yeah. Everybody trying to bring something new, the same thing to the table, like, why am I standing out? Well, you're not going to stand out because you're just bringing the same thing that everybody else is bringing. Yeah, so how you much better back you, that individuality? That's right. Yeah, but how much better can you be, man? If, you know what I mean? How much better are you gonna be, man? Bolt ran the time, man. Everyone else running another time. Like you gotta beat Bolt's time or whatever, or you just run the race. Yeah, you get a place to be happy with it. But don't be mad. Like you're not bringing something that people are gonna cherish. Why would they cherish it if it's just the same as the other ten records? Yeah, yeah. why are they gonna pay? Like, look at yourself outside of yourself. You have to be objective with yourself, man. A like, lot of people can't do that, but that's amazing what you just said. Yeah, yeah. but look at yourself outside of yourself. Oh, but the worst part is they can't do it, and then they let their friends do it for them. That's it. Oh, and then you're in a weirder place, and then you're a conflicted artist, and then you'll never make it. you just be a person with a with head trauma. And I've seen a million artists go through it, man. Yep. You got to do you that's at the you get. end of the day, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you don't have to do anything. That's the whole point. We're very powerful people as human beings. We don't have to do anything. But human beings, I remember the worst guy, I'm gonna, I can't even believe I'm quoting this guy in this interview, but this goes to show you that even anybody can say something that's intelligent. And even Mr. Mr. Donald Trump, oh, Trump, boy. this is way back from Apprentice. This oh, is here Apprentice we go. Way but he said something. Everybody says something. Everybody will say something. There's a message in everybody. And he said this. He goes, human beings... I'll never forget this. He goes, human beings are inherently lazy. The human human beings are inherently lazy. So he was at the tower and he goes, so if I'm doing any little job at the Trump Tower, I don't care if you're the little lighting guy, whatever, I'm going to go down and just show my face, even if it's two seconds. But then when they see me, they know I'm around and they won't be lazy. And he's right, because that voice is strong in your head. You got to fight it to get up and go to the gym, fight it to go to the studio, fight it to go do this interview, fight it to do everything on time. So you just got to know that and just keep pushing. We all, we all wired like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, successful sure. people, successful people push through. Definitely. And, and hard work, it's unfortunate, but a reality I learned too, hard work 
what will make people way more successful in our society's view of success than just talent on itself. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing people have to realize. So, just because you're super talented, you got to work too, dude. And that's our problem. We got super talented people in Toronto, but they didn't want to do the work. They didn't want to finish the work. They expect somebody else to come along. Learn from Vancouver. Look at them. They got a smaller scene. Those guys had to get off their tail and do everything themselves. And they've surpassed us. Almost every group that came out of there surpassed almost every group from here. Yeah, a lot of West Coast has come across the East Coast. There's no doubt about that. Can't agree. Yeah, well, you have to. You in East Coast, you have to. You know, it's like how Toronto was. We were like that in the 80s. But then we surpassed that, and then we got a little relaxed. If you look at New York, New York, that's what happened to New York with hip-hop. Mm-hmm. They were the yeah, mecca. They got super lazy. Around. After Puff, they got lazy. They got lazy in New York, and then other cities surpassed them because they got lazy. That's right. So it's like this, the divide can go. Montreal, Montreal's kind of messed because there's so much politics, so I don't know if they could ever surpass it. But, they get, but they're lucky, but they have a scene that just supports the arts, so they're good. They don't even need the rest of Canada. If you're doing a record, it's bilingual in a sense, right? So, so we just got to know where we're at. Look at the scene, look at the market, and go. And if you up here realize we're 26 million people in Canada, which is just the population of New York State, so you might have to travel and do some shit. So that's the other advice, too. Don't just sit in your place. Get out and travel. It will inspire you, and it will make you come back to where you at and see the assets. You know what I'm saying? Is it Lisa? It's Lisa, right? Lisa T. Lisa T, yes. like even you, like the East Coast, like bad people don't know about out there. It's dope as hell out there. I know. <laughs> I can't. I love going out. Like, dude, we want to go there so much. This is the travel and stuff, but it's dope and the history and the this and the. Sea. That's what I'm saying. There's so much stuff. So even people on the East Coast, they don't need to conform nothing. Like all they need to do, like that's a whole thing. I remember way back with the label. Anybody out there, y'all don't change nothing. Like just. Let the world know what it is from out there. That's interesting. That's why you like hip hop. That's why you like New York, LA, hip hop, all those areas, because all they're doing is telling you what their area is about and what happens. Crenshaw, this store, this boulevard, this block. That's what makes it interesting. New York, Macy's, bam, you know the boroughs. You know the boroughs better than people in New York. Just listening Mm, to the music. Always repping. Yeah. Right? So that's what we're supposed to do, and that's what will make it, you apply that to a musical backdrop that fits and with a good mood and that's the formula for for music if you want to put it in like wrap it up beautiful so with all that said where's your favorite place to travel to um that's hard to say depends for what man uh for relaxation my favorite place to travel is the caribbean right now my family's from my mom's side from antigua that's my favorite place 365 beaches, no private, pink sand, water, water, water. I'm a water baby, so I love water. Mm. So that's dope. Um, when I want to get energy and culture, I love going to New York City. No other city will like just fuel you up just for like, just get up and go energy, you know, crazy shopping, just hip hop energy, just like going to Mecca. It's dope. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and other than that, I mean, I like going out to like, I mean, I love Toronto, dude. I never left Toronto ever, and um, but I love, I love in Canada. I love going to Vancouver. Mm. I go to Vancouver, man. Vancouver or Calgary? I love Calgary too, man. I was just yeah. out there for the Stampede. We did a show out there a couple weeks ago. We do uh, know the Touch All Stars. We're touring, so you guys know too. We're doing dates and tours, so everybody on the track is out. So we're doing. We just started doing this a few months ago. So we was out there. We killed the. We killed the show out there. I always like there. I always have a good time out there. I like the Midwest and I like the East Coast in Canada. I go there like anytime, any, any, any time. Like, but it's so many places. That's when you travel. It's so hard to say, man. The hidden gem in America that I like. I was telling somebody the other night would be uh, if I could go to another spot where it's dope. It's like Portland mm. and San Diego. San Diego's dope. You guys would love it. The radio there, the hip hop radio. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. So I like, I like spots like that, man. Isn't it 20 years since you dropped Northern Touch? Yeah, and the label's supposed to re-release it, I don't know, some point soon. This year it's coming. So that's Sweet. part of it. We did. That's why we decided to do it. It was 20 years, and then Chemo and Shocks was like, yo, let's do something to uh, commemorate it. 
and then the label wanted to re-release Sony wants to re-release it. So it's gonna be a whole thing. I this all coming. I think it's before. I gotta find out the schedule. It was supposed to be for Canada Day, but uh, you know, with labels and stuff. <laughs> you know how that goes. It's all labels is labels. But uh, yeah. yeah. But in the meantime, we are just doing the shows, just commemorating it, and just getting everybody back out, man. So it's it's good, man. Shoot, I love seeing the Rascals, man. That's one of my favorite groups. The Rascals are dope. Rascals are crazy dope, dude. Yeah. People sleep on the Rascals. They don't sleep on the Rascals, but they sleep on the Rascals. Yeah. Oh, yes. I agree with that. I can I even say went that back that myself. song, Northern yeah. Touch, and even the, the Rascals on, like, all of your stuff, pretty much, in 98, 96, is what brought me to Toronto. I'm from oh. Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Oh, so you guys you. Oh, you is oh. what made me come here. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been here since Thank 99. You. That is insane. Yeah, it's funny how music touches people. You just never know two years later, man. But it's the same for me, so that's why I do it, right? So, but yeah, that's dope. Well, hey, I know you're from too, man. Shoot, <laughs> my boy. I know, I know Gary Jameson out there. Gary's my boy. I used to do label stuff. So I used to always deal with Scotia, and he was running around doing promo and shit. You know, one Gary James, one of the twins from uh, one of those twins from Trailer Park. I know, I know. I'm I'm geeking out over here. If you could only see my face. <laughs> Gary's my boy, man. Gary's my friend. Like not even before, but that was way before that. That's my boy. Like way. Like I always one thing with me because I've been hip hop for so long. I, I always I was able to go with other groups tour even when I wasn't. So I, I have friends all the way across the country, like a long time. Montreal, everybody know like all those shows. So that's the other nice thing too because whenever you travel anywhere. It's like you got a you got you got a head or somebody you know that's good when you touch them right away. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yo, you know what it do? It's the hip hop tick tactics show live and direct. That's right. It's the most honorable one. Repping it lovely always. Your boy Thrust. You know what it is. Let's go.